This is JDSA's Law Talk. This is the program that gives you the straight facts on our laws and how they affect your everyday personal and professional life. Estate planning. For most people, estate planning is uncomfortable. It forces us to acknowledge our own mortality, decide who gets what after we die, and to make provisions for end-of-life care. So how do you take on these questions? Where do you start? In today's episode of JDSA's Law Talk, attorney Colleen Fry is here to discuss some uncomfortable but necessary questions about estate planning. I'm Clint Strand, and this is JDSA's Law Talk. You're listening to JDSA's Law Talk, brought to you by JDSA Law, one of the largest full-service law firms in North Central Washington. Hear more programs and read in-depth articles on the law at JDSALaw.com. Colleen, always good to talk to you. A pleasure talking with you, Clint. This really is one of the most important conversations to have, isn't it? Oh, I agree. Having good estate planning is near and dear to my heart. Given the importance of making sure your affairs are in order, the way you want them, and not left up to your loved ones or the courts, to try and figure things out or make these arrangements without the benefit of knowing your wishes. Too many times we've experienced in our own families or heard from friends and neighbors about difficult situations where someone failed to have proper estate planning, and it caused a lot of strife and heartache. I bet it did. But again, these are tough questions to tackle. They have to be as a parent and a husband. This question that I'm about to say is one of the most important ones. If you're in this situation, who will raise the children if both parents die? Huge, big conversation. Oh, completely. It's often even a stumbling block for people to even walk in the door and start their estate planning. Some people wait until their kids are grown to come in (laughs) because they don't want to tackle that issue. It's tricky. You know, they're worried that the selection might show they favor one family member or friend over another. But the concern is if you fail to do this estate planning and then you're faced with that situation, your kids would have to be subject to so much more as they go through the process. If you fail to name that guardian, then the court has to step in and it's loved ones, maybe the two families warring against each other or a friend who's stepping in to try to have the court appoint a guardian for your children. That can be a lot of heartache, a lot of time, and a financial burden on your family. And you could have just had forethought to set it in place from the get-go. Well, if this feels like an uncomfortable conversation between you and your partner, just think about how uncomfortable it would be between two parties when you and your partner aren't in the room and the future of your children hang in the balance. No small stakes. Oh, certainly not, which is why sometimes it's easier just to not think about it. That doesn't necessarily get rid of the issue. Okay, Colleen, let's up the ante a little bit. This is uncomfortable for sure, but I have to ask, what if you all die in a common disaster? Well, even if you're certain where you want your estate to go, you know, often people say their spouses first, followed by kids and descendants. You still need to address that worst case scenario because sometimes there are those horrible situations like a family car accident. And for some, there may be a natural answer. They may say, my parents or my siblings or my favorite charities. For others, they have to dig a little deeper to find that answer. And 
once you know what that answer is, the estate planning is your opportunity to really set out what your legacy is, what you value, what the goals are for you and your family. And while it may be difficult to acknowledge that mortality, your will lets you create that path. This might sound like a lighthearted question that I'm going to ask, but if you think about it for five seconds, and if you have one of these, you know it's very much not. Who's going to take care of your pets? Oh, it's a big question and one to be taken seriously. Depending on your situation, you may need to set aside funds to put in trustworthy hands to help uh, maintain that pet, your beloved cat, dog, bird, reptile. Um, However, if you have larger animals like horses, many do in our community, or other animals with long life expectancies, you may need to have some more sophisticated planning. And sometimes you even have situations where you don't have that trusted person to take care of your pet. And so you need to be thoughtful about maybe an organization or other location where you can take your beloved animal. Well, there are some pets, I'm thinking of uh, parakeets and talking birds that can live up to 80, 90 years. And you have to think about that. That's a huge commitment. You just can't ask, ask Aunt Sally. No, and even if Aunt Sally does inherit it, a pet like that, then she needs to be thoughtful as she sets up her own estate planning. And that's where your trusted advisor can help with that. We do live in a digital age, and this is a super important question. What about your digital life? I'm talking about your passwords, your usernames, your security questions. We live so much of our life online. Yes, beyond email and social media, what if you have information that you can only access online, like secure financial documents, your cryptocurrency keys, or photographs? It might be on a hard drive, it could be in cloud storage, and recent Washington state and federal laws have made digital assets so much more difficult for others to access, if at all, without your express authorization. You know, leaving that list of passwords for someone else may be stored in your file drawer. While it may be a practical approach, it's actually in violation of the law. So that's not allowed, the to whom it may concern letter with all of those passwords. Technically, that's illegal. It is illegal because of the fact that it is someone and not you that's entering that password. And so that individual must have that express authorization as depicted under the recent laws. And so your estate planning, your wills, your powers of attorney, they need to include that express ability for someone else, that fiduciary, to access your digital assets. You know, technology is ever-changing. And what needs to be preserved, what needs to be saved, the sort of things you want to give your fiduciary access to, that's a part of estate planning, especially in our digital age. That's a mind blower. I think so many people just think I'm going to give someone a list of my passwords and they'll be able to take care of it. There needs to be an extra level of permission. That's amazing. We briefly discussed wills and what happens upon passing, but estate planning also involves coordinating your desires during your lifetime, right? Correct. There's really two key areas, and often they can be even more critical for people when you're thinking about estate planning during your lifetime. Your general financial power of attorney, who's going to manage your financial and household affairs if you're not able to during your lifetime, and your healthcare power of attorney, the person you've designated to make those healthcare wishes known when you can't express them yourself. Well, let's talk about those medical decisions. How exactly should that be handled? 
Well, without a healthcare power of attorney, it's similar to that need of designating a guardian. Your loved ones, friends, family are having to fight in court to have that guardian appointed for you so those medical wishes can be carried out. Which is why a little forethought and having that healthcare power of attorney really helps resolve things. And it can't be emphasized enough in these types of health related situations. You can't get any more of an emotional situation than that amongst your family members. And it's worth it just to lay out in plain language as clearly as possible what your wishes are so they don't have to guess. Precisely. And that's where a healthcare power of attorney really helps express what your wishes are and also the person you've designated and appointed to make those decisions if you aren't able to express them yourself. You know, beyond just drafting and writing a power of attorney for healthcare, I always encourage people to then speak with that healthcare person. That way, you've kind of shared your thoughts and wishes about end of life decisions, where you want to be in that situation. So they have a little bit of comfort level knowing they've spoken with you about that and have that confidence if they ever need to make those difficult decisions. So lots of questions about who exactly should serve in these important roles. Do I need to select a family member as my fiduciary? No, you're not required to select a family member, not even required to to designate your spouse to serve as your fiduciary role. Really, the important part is for you to select someone that you have that trust and confidence in that can carry out your wishes, both on the financial estate planning, as well as similarly getting the guardians, the people you have trust and confidence in to carry that out for you. You know, and although it's often convenient to select someone who's nearby, with technology, your fiduciary does not have to live locally in order to serve in that role. They really can assist um, in those approaches and be able to do your estate planning from afar. So physical proximity is not a must in these types of situations. Always nice, but not a must. All right. Colleen, you've given us so much information. So let's bring this all together when we wrap up right here on JDSA's Law Talk. That's coming your way next. This is JDSA's Law Talk. See our areas of practice now at JDSALaw.com. Let's wrap this up here. As we get ready to end this conversation, for the folks who've been listening here, what are some of the major parting thoughts you'd like to give them? What would you like them to walk away from this conversation with? Oh, sure. Thank you, Clint. So the number one thing I'd have to say is think about the legacy you want to leave behind. And rather than being you know, scared or uncomfortable over your estate planning, use it as your opportunity to make that legacy happen, both during your lifetime as well as what happens upon passing. I certainly would always recommend that you meet with a qualified attorney about getting proper estate planning in place. It would be really unfortunate if you thought you had a good will and it wasn't actually valid. Um, and then there's so many questions and topics, as comfortable as they may be, that you should discuss. Don't be afraid to speak up. Speak with your attorney about how they can best help you in developing that accurate estate plan. All really important conversations, sometimes tough conversations, but you've given us a roadmap in at least how to approach those. Colleen Fry, thank you so much. Always great to talk with you. Thank you, Clint. 
And if you liked this topic of conversation, there's a whole lot more where that came from. Log on to JDSALaw.com and check out all of our Law Talk conversations. You can also listen to them wherever you may be, wherever you get your podcasts. Like, rate, subscribe. If you know where to find podcasts, you can find us there. I'm Clint Strand, and this is JDSA's Law Talk. You've been listening to JDSA's Law Talk. Topics covered in this program are for informational purposes only and are not intended to be professional advice. Before making any legal decision, seek the advice of a relevant professional. To ask a question, arrange a meeting with a JDSA attorney and find Law Talk episodes on other topics. Connect with us at JDSALaw.com. Thanks again for joining us on JDSA's Law Talk.